We're going to be learning in Chidushim Aran Riz HaLevi, the second piece in Hilchos Tfilin. This is Perak Hey Halacha Aleph. And this is a sprawling piece where Rab Velvel touches on a number of different points. But the key theme that he's developing is that there is a major distinction between the mitzvah of Tfilin versus the mitzvah of Mezuzah. Even though in both of them we write sections from the Torah, two in the Mezuzah and four in the Tfilin, and the two from the Mezuzah are also in the tefillin, so they're very similar in that regard, but according to Rab Velvel, the mitzvah to write the mezuzah is a new form of writing those sentences from the Torah, whereas the mitzvah to write the tefillin is to recreate what's written in the Torah to sort of cut and paste those sections of the Torah into the tefillin, and that is the form of fulfilling this mitzvah. So that's the key conceptual point. Now the specific halacha Rab Velvel's explaining is why if the mezuzah is written out of order, so the paragraphs are not written in the proper order, it's bidiyeved invalid, it cannot be used, whereas the tefillin should be written in order, but if they are not written in order, it can still be used after the fact. The Rambam writes, Kosva al haseder, if he writes the mezuzah out of order, kigon shehiktim parsha parsha psula, like if he writes the second parsha before the first, so in a mezuzah there are two parshas, Shema and Vahaya. If he writes Vahaya before Shema, that mezuzah is invalid. Now, the Kesef Mishnah quotes that the source for this halacha is the Mechilta and Parshas Bo with regards to Tfilin. The Medrash says that he has to write it in order. And if he writes the Parshas of the Tfilin out of order, so the Tfilin have to be buried, they cannot be used, they're invalid Tfilin. So the Rambam extended this halacha from tefillin also to mezuzahs, that they have the same status. So if he writes the parshas of the mezuzah out of order, so it invalidates the mezuzah. But Reb Velvel asks, why does the Rambam record this halacha with regard to mezuzah and not with regards to tefillin where it originally appears in the Medrash? So if the whole source for this halacha is in the laws of tefillin, why does the Rambam not record it when he's dealing with the laws of writing tefillin only when he gets to the laws of writing mezuzahs? So in order to answer this, Rab Velvel explains that there is a very fundamental debate in the Rishonim what it means to write a mezuzah or tefillin out of order. So the very case that we're discussing is a debate. Does it mean to write the mezuzah out of order, but at the end of the day, the parshas are in order? So he wrote the haya first, but he wrote it on the bottom of the page, and then he added in Shema second. So at the end of the day, the mezuzah is in proper order, but it was written out of order. Or does it mean that he wrote the haya on top, followed by Shema? So at the end of the day, the parshas are written out of order. So this is a debate. The tour in our Achaim Simen Lamed Beis writes, that if someone is writing tefillin and they write an extra letter and then they keep writing, so they've written further on and then they realize their mistake, so that's not a big deal, they can go back and scrape off the extra letter. But if they're missing a letter, so then says the tour, that's going to be a big problem because they cannot go back and add that letter because then the tefillin are written out of order and the mechilta said that tefillin written out of order cannot be used. So according to the tour, going 
going backwards after he continued writing to add in the missing letter is a form of writing out of order, and that would invalidate the tefillin. And this comes from the Sefer HaTruma, who rules that a sofer is not allowed to skip sections when he's writing the tefillin or the mezuzah, because then the writing is out of order. So according to the Sefer HaTruma and the tour, the halacha that you cannot write tefillin and mezuzahs out of order is referring to the act of writing, that you have to write everything in order, even if at the end of the process, all of the passages are in the right order, since they were written out of order, it would invalidate the tefillin and the mezuzah. Now, Tosos and Menachos Lamed Beis disagrees, because Tosos says that you could write Vahaya before Shema. So why is that not a problem of writing it out of order? So obviously Tosos understands that the rule that you cannot write tefillin and mezuzahs out of order refers to when the parshas end up being out of order. So if the person writes vahaya and then shema beneath it, so now the parshas are backwards, so that invalidates the mezuzah. But if they write vahaya first, but they write it on the bottom and leave space on top for shema, and then they fill in shema, so even though they wrote it backwards, but at the end of the process, the Parshas read in the proper order, so that is a valid mezuzah. And that's also the view of the Ran in his Tshuva's Simen Lamites, because he explains the Halacha that you're not allowed to leave a section of the Tefillin and mezuzahs and go onwards and then come back to it based on a different reason entirely, not because then it's written out of order. So obviously the Ran holds that writing out of order is not a problem so long as at the end of the day, the Parshas are in their right order. The issue is not how it was written. The issue is how the Parshas end up on the parchment. So that's why the Ran holds, theoretically, there would be no problem skipping a part of the Tefillin and Mezuzahs and coming back to it, so long as it's all in the right place at the end. But there's a different reason why you can't do that. And the Ran himself quotes the Sefer Atruma, who says that it would be an issue of writing the Tefillin and Mezuzahs out of order. And he explains the Sefer Atruma differently, that it's talking about not where the Sofer left a space in order to come back and add in the words that he skipped, but he just added them in between the lines. So it's like when someone forgets to write a word, they sometimes just add in the word in small lettering. So that's what the Sofer did in this case, according to the Ran's interpretation of the Sefer Atruma, he did not actually leave space to come back and add in the words, but he just added them in between the lines. So that's why it doesn't work, and it's an invalid mezuzah and tefillin. But if the Sofer would have left a space, even though he wrote it out of order, so the Ran is clear that that's fine because at the end of the whole writing process, the whole thing is in order and you can read straight through all of the text, all of the Parshas in straight order. So the Ran clearly holds that the writing process does not need to be in order. Only at the end of it do all the Parshas need to be in order, however it got to be that way, which disagrees with the tour who holds that even if everything is written in the proper order at the end, since it was not written straight through that way, that invalidates the tefillin and the mezuzah. So that's the debate between the Ran and the tour how to understand this halacha, is it referring to the writing process or where the parshas are on the page?
So now, based on this, says Rab Velvel, if the Rambam follows the approach of Tosfos and the Ran, that the whole issue is where the Parshas are located on the page, not how they were written. So then that would answer the question, why doesn't the Rambam record this halacha with regards to tefillin, only mezuzah, because according to the Rambam, this halacha does not apply to tefillin. It only applies to mezuzah because there's a basic difference between mezuzah and tefillin. Mezuzah must be written on one parchment. The two parshas have to be written together. So there, there is a halacha that if Vahaya is written first on the page, followed by Shema, that's an invalid mezuzah. It has to be written in the proper order. But that's totally different than tefillin. The halacha of tefillin is that it could be written on four different parchments. The four parshas do not have to be on the same parchment. So there is no halacha that the parshas have to be written in order because the parshas could be written each on their own parchment and there would be no order at all. There would just be four separate parchments. And even if this person writes all four parshas on the same parchment, which is also okay, but even so it can be out of order because imagine they would then take that parchment and cut it into four sections. So they cut the four parshas out that would still be a valid fill-in. So even if the Parshas are out of order on the same parchment, it's not going to make any difference because there is no need for these Parshas to be on the same parchment at all. So the four parshas of the tefillin are really not connected to each other because they could have been written separately and even now they could be cut out separately. So there's no need for them to be in order. Even if they're out of order on the same parchment, it's still a valid tefillin as opposed to mezuzah where the parshas do need to be together on the same parchment. So there the halacha applies that the parshas have to appear in order because if they appear out of order, so then that's a back Backwards mezuzah. So that's why the Rambam only records this halacha regarding a mezuzah, not regarding tefillin, because there's nothing connecting the parshas of the tefillin together, so they could be written out of order. Only the mezuzah parshas have to appear in order. And Rab Velvel quotes in the parentheses that this idea he heard from his father, Rab Chaim. There's a huge debate between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam what the order of the parshas should be in the Shel Rosh. There are are four different compartments. So there's a huge debate what order to put the Parshas in. That's why we have two different major types of tefillin of Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. So the Rishonim say that the same debate applies to the Shalyad, even though it's all in one compartment, so it can all be on one parchment. The same debate applies in what order should the Parshas be written. So Rab Chaim asked on this, how could there be a debate or any discussion at all about what order to write the Parshas in the Shalyad when it could be written in four different parchments also. It doesn't even need to be on one parchment together. So how could there be any rules about which Parsha should be written first when all of the Parshas could just as well have been written on their own independent parchment? So the kernel of the idea that Rab Velvel's developing here, he already heard from his father, Rab Chaim. So this
this would answer the Rambam's view that the whole halacha only applies to mezuzah, not tefillin. Now, what about the mechilta that did apply this halacha to tefillin? So the mechilta said that tefillin that are written out of order are invalid. How does the Rambam explain that? So Rabbi Velvel says that, that mechilta would be Rabbi Yehuda who holds that the tefillin can be written on four different parchments, but then they need to be connected together. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, there is a halacha that the four parshas of the tefillin have to be connected together. So therefore, they have to be written in order. But Rabbi Yossi disagrees with him. He holds that the four parshas of the tefillin could be left separate in the tefillin. So there's nothing connecting those four parshas, and there is no halacha that they have to be written in order. So the mechilta follows the view of Rabbi Yehuda. So the parshas of the tefillin have to be in order, but the Rambam rules like Rabbi Yossi. So the halacha of being out of order does not apply to tefillin, and that's why the Rambam doesn't record it, only for mezuzah. And this explains what the Rambam writes in tefillin Gimel Vav. The Rambam says, Tefillah shal yad kosvam ba'ar the four parshas of the Shalyad should ideally be written on one long parchment like a Sefer Torah, where everything is together. So it's better that they should not be separate. They should all be together. Al Siduran Batorah, in the same order as they appear in the Torah. And then the Rambam gives a visual for that. Now, if he wrote each of the parshas on its own parchment and they're separated and he put them all in the tefillin shel yad, so that fulfills the mitzvah. It's a valid tefillin. And he does not have to connect them together. So here the Rambam rules, like Rabbi Yossi, that ideally they should all be together, but if each parsha is separate in the shel yad, it's still a valid shel yad. So here the Rambam is reflecting Reb Velvel's overall explanation for his approach. The Rambam says ideally all four parshas of the Shel Yad should be written together and ideally they should also be in order because if they're all connected together on the same parchment then they should also be in order. But since they could be written separately so even if they're written out of order that's good bidiyevet. It's still a valid tefillin. It's not ideal but it's still valid which is unlike Reb Yehud who holds that the four parshas must be connected together. So therefore, they also have to be written in order. So the mechilta is Rabbi Yehuda, but at the end of the day, the Rambam holds that even if the tefillin are written out of order, it's still valid tefillin. And the halacha that invalidates for out of order only applies to mezuzah. Now, this whole approach only works if the Rambam holds, like Tosfos and the Ran, that the issue of out of order is on the parchment itself, not in the writing process. But if the Rambam holds, like the Tour, that there is an issue with writing it out of order, even if it all ends up in the right place, so then this explanation is not going to work. Because even though the Tefillin Parshas could be separate, but they still need to be written in the proper order. So according to the tour, this halacha is still going to apply to tefillin, even according to Rabbi Yossi, that each parsha could be its own parchment, but the writing process still has to be in order. So Rabbi Velvel says that in fact, it does seem that the Rambam holds like Tosvos and the Ran, that the issue is not in the writing, it's in the order of the parchment, because the Rambam records this halacha regarding mezuzah specifically about parshas. So the the Rambam says that the Parsha of the Haya 
cannot be before the Parsha of Shema. Now, according to the tour, this halacha is not really about Parshas. It's about each individual word in the tefillin and the mezuzahs that it has to be written in its proper order, which is not true of a Sefer Torah. This halacha does not apply when writing a Sefer Torah, so a person can skip around. They can skip a few words and then come back to them later. We don't care in what order someone writes the Torah. But when it comes to tefillin and mezuzah, there is a special rule that each word word has to be written in its proper order. So according to the tour, this halacha is not about paragraphs, it's about each word. So why does the Rambam record this halacha specifically about the paragraphs that they have to be in proper order and not about each word within the paragraphs that it has to be written in its proper order? So that sounds like the understanding of Tosos and the Ran, that the halacha of not writing tefillin and mezuzah out of order is not talking about the writing process, in which case it would be referring to each word. It's talking about the overall placement on the page that the paragraphs have to be in proper order, Shema and then Vahaya. So that's why the Rambam records this halacha specifically about paragraphs because that is the main point of this halacha. It's not talking about each of the words or the sentences within the paragraph because if you write those out of order, then there's a much bigger issue. It's not out of order. It's that the person didn't write what it says in the Torah. The Torah has a specific paragraph in it and that paragraph has to be written in the mezuzah. Now, if a person changes words within in that paragraph and they write the whole thing as a mishmash, then that's not the same paragraph in the Torah. And of course, that's not a valid mezuzah. It's not because it's written out of order. It's because the whole thing is wrong. So the Rambam does not need to tell us that if words are out of order and sentences are written backwards, that that is an invalid mezuzah. Certainly not because it's out of order. It's because the whole thing is invalid. It's not written at all. The only thing the Rambam needs to tell us is that if the paragraphs are written properly. So that is what it says in the Torah. But they're written backwards. First is Vahaya, then Shema. So that's also disqualified because of this halacha of Shaloka Sidron that backwards is invalid. So it sounds like the Rambam understands this halacha like the Ran and Tosvos. It's not about the writing process. It's about the placement of the page, how the paragraphs appear. And that's why he only records the halacha about paragraphs, not specific words. So now that the Rambam holds holds like Tosos and the Ran, so now we could explain the Rambam as Rab Velvel did, that the whole halacha only applies to mezuzah where the two parshas are connected, not to tefillin where they're disconnected according to Rabbi Yossi. Now, there is a problem with this because the Rambam in Bez Gimel seems to rule exactly like the tour. The Rambam writes, The sofer who's writing the tefillin needs to be careful with full and missing words. So there are some letters that could sometimes appear like an aleph or a hey or a vav and sometimes not be in the word. So the sofer has to be very careful to write it properly. And the Rambam explains, Shim kasav 
If he writes a word which was supposed to be missing with an extra letter, so then it's invalid until he scrapes away and erases that extra letter. Now, the other way, if he omitted a letter, so he wrote a word which was supposed to be full, missing the letter, then it's invalid and it cannot be fixed. So that's exactly what the tour said, that if you're missing a letter, you can't go back and add it in because that's written out of order. And here the Rambam himself seems to rule that, that if the Sofer writes a word missing a letter, he can't go back and fix it, presumably because that is Shaloka Sidra and it's out of order. So we see that the Rambam agrees with the tour that it's an issue even in the writing process. So Ravelville explains that this is not the proper way to understand the Rambam. He doesn't actually mean that you cannot add in that letter at all because it's going to be written out of order. He means something different, that practically it's going to be very hard to insert that letter and just adding it in in the margin between the lines is not allowed. So like we said before, even if you're allowed to write it out of order, but you can't start adding in little letters between the words and the lines that don't really fit into the word. So that's what the Rambam means to say, that if the Sofer missed a letter, he might not be able to get it back in there properly, and that will invalidate the tefillin because he can't just write it anywhere small. It has to fit in properly. But according to the Rambam, if he's able to erase the letters and fit in all the letters that he needs, so then that would in fact fix the tefillin and they would be valid. And the Rambam uses the same phrase later in Gimel with regards to Sefer Torah. Now, when it comes to Sefer Torah, clearly he can go back and erase and add in the letters that he missed. So obviously the Rambam does not mean to say that he cannot fix the Sefer Torah at all. He means to say that practically he might not be able to get them in. So that's the same thing that he means here. And Rab Velvel also quotes that the Shilte HaGiborim at the beginning of Hilchus Tefillin quotes from the Orzarua the same phrase as the Rambam, that he cannot fix if he misses a letter, but then he explains because you can't add in letters between the lines in a place where they don't really fit. So as a result, he says, if the whole word is missing and the sofer can go back and add the whole word in, so it's still a valid fill-in. So again, we see the same explanation later on in the Rambam and in the Shulte Agiborim that both of them use the phrase that this cannot be fixed, but they don't mean it literally. It's not that it cannot be fixed halachically, it's that practically it might be hard to insert the letter and it can't just be fit in anywhere. It has to be put in the word where it goes. So that's what the Rambam is intending to tell us. He's not saying like the tour that since this letter was written out of order, it's a problem and the tefillin are invalid. But rather, according to the Rambam, the letters could be written out of order. That's not the issue. The issue is that maybe he can't fit it in and it's going to end up hanging between the lines and that is invalid. So that's all along the lines of the Ran and Tosvos that there is no issue with writing the tefillin out of order so long as at the end of the the writing process, everything appears in its proper order. Now, Rab Velvel continues to develop the difference between tefillin and mezuzah. So the Rambam in that halacha that he 
just mentioned earlier regarding tefillin in Bez Bez writes that Sarikli Parshios, you have to be careful when writing the parshas of tefillin. Shim Asa Stuma Psucha Psucha Stuma Paslan. There's two different ways that the Torah breaks paragraphs. It could be Psucha, which means that the rest of the line is empty and the next paragraph starts on the next line, or Stuma, that there's a break, a space in between the paragraphs, but not a full line. So the Rambam writes that when writing the parshas of tefillin, you have to parallel what it is in the Torah, either a pchusa or a stuma, and not change it. The first three parshas of Tfilin are Psuchos. And the last parsha, which is Vahayim Shamoa, is Stuma. So that's how the Rambam describes writing the Tfilin. Now, later in Hey Bez, when he's discussing writing the Mezuzah, so again he says, The space between Shema and Vahaya should be stuma because that's what he ruled earlier with regards to tefillin that vahaya is stuma so it should also be stuma in the mezuzah now if he wrote it psucha it's still valid because anyways these paragraphs are not next to each other in the Torah so if these two paragraphs followed each other in the Torah then it would have to be written exactly as it is in a Torah but anyways shema and vahaya are not next to each other in the Torah, so it does not have to be written exactly the same. Ideally, it should be stuma, but if it's psucha, it's still valid. So the question is, why does the Rambam only add this in when it comes to mezuzah? Why didn't he say the same thing when it comes to tefillin, that if the person wrote it psucha, it's still okay? Because the third and the fourth paragraphs of tefillin are also not next to each other in the Torah. So even though ideally it should be written the way it is in the Torah, stuma, if the person wrote it psucha, it should still be okay, just like mezuzah, because it's not following on the paragraph exactly before it in the Torah. So why does the Rambam only write this regarding mezuzah and not tefillin? Now, Reb Velvel says that there is a source in the Gemara which seems to indicate, like the Rambam said, that when it comes to tefillin, it has to be written properly. The Gemara in Menachos Lamed Beis is discussing the whole issue of whether the mezuzah is psuchos or stumos. So the Gemara brings a proof. The halacha is, Sefer Torah Shebala Utfilin Shebalu, if a Torah or a tefillin parchment got ruined, but not the whole parchment. So it's unusable as a Sefer Torah or a Tfilin, but Shema and Vahaya are still intact. So the halacha is that you cannot use that as a mezuzah, because we don't take things from a higher sanctity to a lower sanctity. So a Torah and a Tfilin have more Kedusha than a mezuzah, so we're not going to change them into a mezuzah once they got ruined. So the Gemara asks, it sounds like if not for that reason, if you could change things to a lower Kedusha, then you could take the parchment of the Torah and the Tefillin and turn it into mezuzah. But how could that be if the Torah is written in a stuma way, whereas in the mezuzah it's written psucha? So how could you use this parchment for the mezuzah when it's not written properly? So the Gemara wants to prove from here that a mezuzah could also be written stumos. Now, according to Rab Velvel, the Rambam understands that the question of the Gemara is not only from the Torah parchment, but also from the tefillin parchment. 
So the Gemara is asking the same question. How could you convert tefillin parchment to a mezuzah when the tefillin is written stuma and the mezuzah is written psucha? So from here, the Rambam found a proof to his distinction between tefillin and mezuzah that a tefillin must be written in the same way as the Torah. So the fourth paragraph of the Haya has to be stuma as it is in the Torah, whereas a mezuzah could be written differently and it's written psucha. So at least we have a source in the Gemara for the Rambam's distinction that if the Haya in the tefillin is written psucha, it's invalid, but in the mezuzah, it would be okay. But we still need to understand what is the reason for this distinction. Why should there be a difference between tefillin and mezuzah? And especially because the whole reason why it's valid in mezuzah is because Shema and Vahaya are not next to each other in the Torah. And that same logic applies to tefillin. So why shouldn't the same halacha apply to tefillin? So Reb Velvel explains that if we read the language of the Rambam carefully, he does not say that each parsha of the mezuzah has to be written in the way it is in the Torah. He says something different, that the space between Shema and Vahaya should be stuma as it is in the Torah, but if it's psucha, then that's okay. But he says nothing about the first paragraph of Shema, whether it's written stuma or psucha. So according to the Rambam, you can write that first paragraph however you want. It does not need to be written in the same way as it's written in a Torah, which is totally different than the tefillin where the Rambam says that all four parshas have to be written in the way that they appear in the Torah, psucha or stuma. So when it comes to tefillin, the Rambam is not only talking about the space between each of the paragraphs. He's saying that each paragraph has to parallel how it appears in the Torah. So even the first parsha in the mezuzah of Kadesh, which does not have a space between it because there's nothing before it, it still should be written psucha because that's how it appears in the Torah. But this halacha does not apply to mezuzah. When it comes to mezuzah, the Rambam is only talking about the space between the two paragraphs should be stuma. Whereas when it comes to tefillin, he's not talking about the space between the parshas. He's talking about each parsha on its own, regardless of the other parshas in the tefillin. Each parsha should appear how it's written in the Torah. So that is a halacha that's special to tefillin. And if the person messes that up, so they write it improperly in a way that it does not appear in the Torah, so that invalidates the tefillin. But that's not going to apply to mezuzah, because even though the halacha is that Vahaya should be stuma, but that's not about the parsha of Vahaya on its own. It's about the space between the two paragraphs. So there the Rambam rules that ideally it should be stuma, but if it was done psucha, it doesn't invalidate it. So now this answers beautifully the question, why is there a difference between tefillin and mezuzah? Because now the difference is clear. When it comes to tefillin, we're not going to apply the logic that since these paragraphs Paragraphs are not together in the Torah, so if he messed them up, it's still not a problem because the issue is not between the paragraphs. It's each paragraph 
independently has to be the way it's written in the Torah. So even though, of course, it's true that the third and the fourth paragraphs of Tefillin do not appear next to each other in the Torah, so that would explain why you're allowed to mess up the space between them the same as mezuzah. But when it comes to Tefillin, there's another problem that each paragraph on its own has to be done properly. And if the fourth paragraph, which is stuma in the Torah, is written psucha, so then it's not written the way it appears in the Torah and it's invalid. Only when it comes to mezuzah and the whole issue is the space between the two paragraphs. So there we apply the logic that since in the Torah they're not next to each other, so if the person messes it up, it doesn't invalidate it. But when it comes to tefillin, the issue is not the relationship between the different paragraphs. It's each paragraph on its own. So it doesn't matter that they don't appear next to each other in the Torah. Since each paragraph appears a certain way in the Torah, it has to appear the same way in the tefillin. Otherwise, it's invalid. So this explains the difference between the tefillin and the mezuzah. But still, says Rab Velvel, why should there be a difference in the original halacha? In other words, why is the halacha of tefillin formulated on each paragraph independently and the halacha of mezuzah is only the space between the paragraphs? Once we say that distinction, so then it follows that if the person makes a mistake in the mezuzah, it's still valid, but not in the tefillin. But why should there be a distinction in the formulation of the halacha to begin with. So why don't we have the same halacha when it comes to mezuzah that each parsha needs to be written the way it appears in the Torah, which would mean that the first parsha of Shema has to be psucha, because that's how it is in the Torah, which is parallel to what the Rambam says regarding tefillin, that the first paragraph of Kadesh has to be psucha, because that's how it is in the Torah. So why don't we apply the same concept to mezuzah? So again, Rabdel finds a source for the view of the Rambam in the Gemara that we don't look at each paragraph of the mezuzah independently because there is a view in the Gemara that Bahaya of the mezuzah should be psuchos even though in the Torah it's stuma because it's not connected to Shema in the Torah, meaning precisely because the two paragraphs of the mezuzah are not next to each other in the Torah, so they should be written in a psuchos way, not on the same line. So we see according to that view that the two paragraphs of the mezuzah are compared to each other, not viewed independently like the paragraphs in the tefillin. So there is a source for this distinction that the Rambam is making that when it comes to writing the mezuzah, we compare the paragraphs to each other, whereas the tefillin paragraphs are each assessed independently. So that's why, according to that view in the Gemara, we look at each of the paragraphs of the tefillin on their own and write them how they appear in the Torah, psucha or stuma, whereas the paragraphs of the mezuzah we compare to each other, so they should be written psucha to give space between them. So this also makes sense given the distinction Rab Velvel developed earlier that the four paragraphs of the tefillin are not really connected to each other. Each of them is independent, even even when they're written on the same parchment. So that's why we don't evaluate them compared to each other, but each on their own. Whereas the two parshas of the mezuzah are compared to each other because they are connected to each other because they have to be on the same parchment.
So now this halacha also reflects the basic distinction between tefillin and mezuzah that the tefillin parshas are each assessed independently, whereas the mezuzah parshas are connected. So now Reb Velvel takes this one step further and he formulates this even more sharply. And this will explain why the first parsha of the tefillin should be written psucha, whereas the first parsha of the mezuzah, Shema, has no rules and can be written either way. So the way Reb Velvel formulates this, the two parshas of the mezuzah, writing them as part of a mezuzah is a totally new form of writing those sections of the Torah. It's It's not just writing down sections which are in the Torah, but it's a totally new concept that you're writing those two paragraphs as part of a mezuzah. And there are details of halacha which govern how to write a mezuzah. So that's why the first paragraph does not need any special spacing because first paragraphs never have special rules of spacing. So the first paragraph of a Torah also does not have special rules of what sort of spacing should come before it. As the Rambam in the 8th chapter of Hilchus Sefer Torah and the Kesef Mishnah explain. So the first paragraph of something never has a special rule of the spacing. And the same applies to the first paragraph of the mezuzah, that there is no special rule of the spacing because it's the beginning of something new. Now, the second paragraph, which follows and is related to the first paragraph, so that should be stu because that's the spacing in the Torah and that's supposed to be recreated in the mezuzah. But all of this is totally different from the tefillin where it's not a new concept of writing those sections of the Torah. The way the tefillin works, and this follows because they're not all connected to each other, so each parsha is independent of the other four, so that means you're not writing this in a totally new fashion, but rather the mitzvah of tefillin is to write four parshas from the Torah and put them together and that creates tefillin. So there's a very fundamental difference between mezuzah and tefillin. When it comes to writing the mezuzah, the paragraphs are being written as part of something new, not just a repeat of what appears in the Torah. Whereas tefillin is just repeating what's written in the Torah and putting it into tefillin. So the paragraphs are not a new form of writing. That's why the first paragraph of the tefillin, Kadesh, has the rule of being spaced as it appears in the Torah because it's not the first paragraph of something totally new. It's repeating what's written in the Torah, so it should be written exactly as it appears in the Torah. So that's why the first paragraph of the tefillin needs to be spaced as it was in the Torah, because it's just rewriting that paragraph as it appears in the Torah, as opposed to the first paragraph of mezuzah, which is a totally new writing of these words for the mitzvah of mezuzah, so it does not need to be spaced as it is in the Torah. It can be spaced anyway, there's no rules about the spacing, just like the first new paragraph of any new writing. And there's another place in Halacha where the Rambam reflects this same basic idea that mezuzah is a new form of writing, whereas tefillin is a repeat of what's written in the Torah, which is in the concept of tagin, the little crown, the three little lines that shoot up from some of the letters in the Torah. So the Gemara says that there are seven letters that have the crown, shatnez gats, those seven letters, it's an acronym. Now the Rambam has a 
very unusual position, which is that that Gemara only applies to mezuzah. So it's not an across-the-board rule that the letters of Shatnez Gats always need the crowns. Only in a mezuzah, those seven letters need the tagin. But in a Sefer Torah, there's a different tradition which letters require tagin. That's what the Rambam writes in Hilch Sefer Torah, Zayin Ches. So the Rambam has a distinction between the letters in the mezuzah and the letters in the Sefer Torah that the rule of Shatnez Gats requiring tagin only applies to mezuzah, but there's a different set of letters which get tagin in the Sefer Torah. Now, what about tefillin? So the Rambam writes that the lettering in the tefillin should follow the Sefer Torah. So again, this proves the point that the writing in the tefillin is not a new form of using these same words from the Torah for a new mitzvah, but it's a repeat. We rewrite what it says in the Torah in the tefillin, and that is the mitzvah of tefillin. And in the parentheses, Rab Velvel references the commentary of the Vilna Gaon on Shulchan Aruch Arachayim Tafresh Tzadi Aleph Dalid, which is dealing with the laws of writing a Megillah, and the Vilna Gaon compares, he calls tefillin the Ikre Torah, that the tefillin follows the rules of the Torah. But that's very different than the mezuzah, which is its own mitzvah, it's the same words obviously from the Torah, but writing it forms a new mitzvah of mezuzah. So the rule of the spacing of the tefillin and the crowns on the letters of the tefillin follows whatever it says in the Torah. Now, even though there is a difference, because if the writer messes up the spacing, so the tefillin are invalid, as the Rambam said, but if he messes up the crowns, so that does not invalidate the tefillin. Bidiyeved, those tefillin are good. So Rabbi Velvel says that that's a reflection of the halacha of the Sefer Torah as well that the crowns are only lechatchila, but if they're not done properly, it doesn't invalidate the Torah. So the same is true of the tefillin, that if the crowns are missing, it does not invalidate the tefillin. But the basic principle remains that the tefillin has to be written exactly as those paragraphs appear in the Torah. The point is to rewrite those sections of the Torah and put them into the tefillin. So that's why the spacing of the paragraphs in the tefillin should parallel exactly what it is in the Torah. And that's why we don't apply the logic that since the paragraphs of the tefillin are not next to each other in the Torah, so they also don't have to be spaced as they are in the Torah. Because we're not looking at the paragraphs as they relate to each other. We're looking at each paragraph in the tefillin on its own, and it has to recreate the way it's written in the Torah. And Rav Velvel brings another proof to this idea that the writing in the Mizzou is a totally new concept of writing from the Orza Rua in Hilchus Megillah, Simon Shin Ayin Gimel. So he quotes the Rav Yah that the paragraphs in a Megillah should be written stumos like in a mezuzah. So if we add Megillah into the mix of the Torah, Tfilin, and mezuzah, so the Rav Yah rules that the spacing in the Megillah should be modeled after the spacing in the mezuzah. So Rav Velvel says that obviously we'd need to understand what is the connection 
connection between Megillah and Mezuzah, but one thing is clear from this comment of the Rav Yah, that the Mezuzah writing is distinct from the Torah. There are two types of writing in Halacha. One is the Torah writing, and one is the Mezuzah writing. Now the Tefillin is modeled after the Sefer Torah, and the Megillah is modeled after the Mezuzah. But it's clear that the Mezuzah is a different category of writing than the Sefer Torah. And furthermore, the spacing in a mezuzah is not just a replica of the spacing in the Torah, because then the Rav Yah wouldn't compare the spacing of a Megillah to the spacing of the mezuzah. If the mezuzah spacing is just recreating what's in the Sefer Torah, so then how could you compare Megillah to the mezuzah? So it must be that the spacing in the Megillah is a totally new halacha, and according to the Rav Yah, that same halacha applies to Megillah, but the stumos spacing in the Megillah is not just a recreation of what's in the Torah. So that's exactly like Reb Velvel's been saying throughout this piece, that the spacing of the tefillin is to recreate a replica of the spacing of those paragraphs in the Sefer Torah. But the spacing in the mezuzah is a totally new halacha, which is independent and applies only to mezuzah. Now, there is a big difference between the Rav Yah and the Rambam. So even though they're agreeing on a key point, they do disagree on another key point. Because the Rav Yah also says that the spacing of mezuzah also applies to tefillin. So according to the Rav Yah, the spacing in a tefillin should all be stumos, even the final paragraph, which is psucha in the Torah, but in the tefillin, it should all be stumos like a mezuzah. So he holds that not only is mezuzah a new form of writing, but tefillin is also a new form of writing. It's not a replica of what's in the Torah. So the Megillah is like the mezuzah and the tefillin in that it should be stumos, because that's the way to write these new forms of mitzvah of tefillin and mezuzah and Megillah. That's the view of the Rav Yah. Now, the Rambam, the way Rab Velvel explained him, so he agrees partially. In terms of a mezuzah, he agrees with the Rav Yah that it's a new form of writing and the spacing should reflect the unique spacing of a mezuzah, not a replica of the Torah. But when it comes to tefillin, the Rambam holds that that is a recreation of the Sefer Torah. It's not a new form of writing. So according to the Rambam, there are two tracks, Sefer Torah and tefillin, versus mezuzah, whereas according to the Rav Yah, there's a Sefer Torah versus Megillah, Tefillin, and mezuzah. So this is all now a very nice analysis and an explanation of the approach of the Rambam. But now Rav Velvel returns to something that he said earlier. He explained that the Mechilta that says that there is a rule that Tefillin cannot be written out of order is the view of Rabbi Yehuda, that the four Parshas of the Tefillin need to be connected, not all written on the same parchment, but if they're on four different parchments, they need to be connected together. Whereas the Rambam rules like Rabbi Yosef that they do not need to be connected, so that's why they can be written out of order. That was the point Rab Velvel made earlier. But now he says that he doesn't think that that works conceptually. Because all Rabbi Yehuda means that the four paragraphs of the tefillin need to be connected is that they cannot be standalone parchments. There needs to be something connecting the four parchments together. But that only has to do with the object of the tefillin. There cannot be four 
standalone parchments in the tefillin. The shape of the tefillin means that they have to be connected. That's what's considered tefillin. But that has nothing to do with the writing of the parchments. Even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that the four parshas can be written on four separate parchments. So the four parshas are not connected at all in terms of the writing process. There's nothing in the writing process that connects the four parshas of the tefillin together the way they're connected in the mezuzah. When it comes to mezuzah, the two parshas need to be written together on the same parchment so they're connected not only in the object of the mezuzah, but even in the writing process of the mezuzah. But that's not true when it comes to tefillin. Even according to Rabbi Yehuda, he holds that the final object of the tefillin has to have the four parchments combined in some way. So there can't be four separate parshas on four separate parchments. But even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that when it comes to writing the four parshas, there's no need to connect them. So now if we go back to the original issue, even Rabbi Yehuda should agree that the four parshas of the tefillin can be written out of order because even though at the end of the process, when they're put into the tefillin, they do need to be combined together, but when they're written, they can be written out of order because since each of the parshas is an independent entity and the proof is that they could be written on their own piece of parchment, so they can also be written out of order. So now we're back to the question. Given Rab Velvel's analysis and his explanation of the Rambam's view about this halacha, so why does the Mechilta rule that the parshas of the tefillin need to be written in order? What could that mean and why would the Rambam not rule in line with the Mechilta? And even furthermore, Rab Velvel points out that this explanation of the Mechilta, that it goes according to Rabbi Yehuda, is not going to work internally. Because the Mechilta says that if he writes the Parshas of the Tefillin out of order, Yignizu, he has to put it away, they can't be used for Tefillin. So there's no way to correct it. Now, if the Mechilta follows the view of Rabbi Yehuda, then there is a very simple way to connect it. Cut each of the paragraphs out into its own parchment. So cut the parchment into four separate paragraphs and then recombine them, which according to Rabbi Yehuda is kosher. So why would the Mechilta say that these tefillin parchments are unusable because they were written out of order when there is this simple solution to cut them up and recombine them, which works? So this is another question on Reb Velvel's interpretation of the Rambam and how to make sense of this Mechilta. And in fact, Reb Velvel adds that this question is also difficult for Tosfos and the Ran. They hold that the tefillin do not need to be written in a certain order. They just need to appear afterwards in the proper order. And Tosos and Menachos Lamed Beis explicitly said that you could write the Haya before Shema. It just needs to appear afterwards in the proper order. So according to the Ran and Tosvos, we have a question again from the Mechilta. Why, if someone wrote the Parshas of the tefillin in the wrong order, are the tefillin 
invalid and they cannot be fixed. Why not just cut the Parshas up and then paste them back together in the proper order and now they read in the proper direction? So why does the Mechilta say there's no way to fix this? According to the Ran and Tosvos, it doesn't really matter that they were written out of order. At this point, they can always be cut up and pasted back into the proper order and that should be valid tefillin. So we have a few questions how to make sense of this mechilta. So Reb Velvel says that it could be, this is exactly why the Rambam understands that the mechilta is mostly talking about mezuzah, because it doesn't make sense to say that the tefillin are yignizu, they're unfixable, because tefillin should always be able to be fixed. You can just cut the parshas separately and then paste them back in the right order. So why would the mechilta say that the tefillin are invalid and there's no way to correct them? So that's why the Rambam interpreted that the last line of the Mechilta, that there's no way to fix this, the this is referring to mezuzah, not tefillin. There's always a way to fix tefillin, but the mezuzah has a problem which cannot be fixed because a mezuzah can't be cut and repasted together. The Rambam in Hey Aleph rules that if there are two parchments of a mezuzah, each one has one paragraph, even though he sewed them together, it's still invalid. So when it comes to mezuzah, you can't take the two parchments and connect them together after they're written and make it a valid mezuzah. So then it would make sense what the mechilta says, that if it was written out of order, there is no way to fix this, because even if you cut it up and paste it in the proper order, it's not going to help for a mezuzah. So that's why the Rambam interpreted that the first part of the mechilta, that the parshas should ideally lechatchila be written in order, that refers to both mezuzah and Fillin, because that is true, that both the parshas of mezuzah and fillin should ideally be written in the proper order. But then when the mechilta says that if it's not written in order, it cannot be fixed, that refers specifically to mezuzah, which there's no way to fix, whereas fillin can always be fixed. So this would be a very nice read of the mechilta, and it would make sense of the various rulings of the Rambam. Ideally, the fillin should be written in the proper order, but the Rambam never says that bidiyevet it's a problem. Only when it comes to mezuzah, bidiyevet is it a problem because according to the Rambam, the mechilta is primarily referring to mezuzah when it says that there is no way to fix it. So the Rambam has a nice interpretation of the mechilta, and now it also gives him a source for the halacha that mezuzah should not be written out of order. Because in the parentheses, Rav Velvel points out that there is no real source for this halacha. The Ran interpreted the halacha that you can't skip words in a mezuzah and come back to them later to mean that you won't be able to fit them in, not that you leave a space and add it in later. So that case of tolin, according to the Ran, is not talking about writing a mezuzah out of order. It's talking about wedging words in between the lines, which does not work. But that means we have no source for the halacha that a mezuzah cannot be written out of order. But the way Rab Velvel's explaining the mechilta, according to the Rambam, so the mechilta is actually the source. It's not like the Kesef Mishnah said that the mechilta is talking about tefillin and the Rambam extended that halacha to mezuzah because tefillin and mezuzah are similar in many ways. But according to Rab Velvel's interpretation, it's stronger than that. The Rambam interpreted the second half of the mechilta to be referring to mezuzah. So there is a direct source for this halacha that mezuzah has to be written 
in order. But Rab Velvel ends that this all only works according to the Rambam, whereas Tosvos in Menachos Lamed Beis holds that you could connect two Parshas of the Mezuzah together, and it's a valid Mezuzah. So according to Tosvos, Tfilin and Mezuzah are parallel in that both of them, you can cut up the parchments and then reconnect them, and that's a valid Tfilin or Mezuzah. There is no difference between them as the Rambam had said. So now, according to Tosvos, we're left with the same question on the Mechilta. Why can't you just cut up, regardless of whether we're talking about Tfilin or Mezuzah, just cut up the various paragraphs and then reconnect them together, and that should be a valid Tfilin or Mezuzah. According to the Rambam, we just answered, that won't work for Mezuzah. But according to Tosvos, it should work for both Tfilin and Mezuzah. So why does the Mechilta say that there is no way to correct this once the paragraphs were written out of order. Now, in the final paragraph, Rab Velvel comes back to another earlier point that he made, which is the debate between the Tur and the Ran. What does it mean that Tefillin and Mezuzah cannot be written out of order? Is it about the writing process or only that the final product can't have paragraphs out of order? They need to appear in order at the end of the whole process. So Rab Velvel said that was a debate between the Ran versus the tour. Now he says that that debate could be traced back to the overall debate between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam as to the whole order of the Parshas in the Tefillin Shal Rosh, how they should be inserted. So this major debate about Tefillin is going to be the basis for the debate between the Ran and the Tur. So the debate between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam is they both agree that the first paragraph is Kadesh, the second is Vahayaki Viyacha, but then the third and the fourth are a debate. According to Rashi, it's Shema and then Vahayaim Shamoa. According to Rabbeinu Tam, it's Vahayaim Shamoa and then Shema. Now, this Mechilta that lists the order of writing the Parshas, so it says Shema and then Vahayaim Shamoa like Rashi. So the Rishonim ask on Rabbeinu Tam that according to his view, why does the Mechilta have Shema first, followed by Vahayim Shamoa, when according to Rabbeinu Tam, it's the reverse, it should be Vahayim Shamoa and then Shema. So the Mechilta seems to list the order of the Parshas like Rashi, not like Rabbeinu Tam. So the answer, according to Rabbeinu Tam, and the Rush in Hilchus Tfilin discusses this, is that Rabbeinu Tam differentiates between the order of putting the Parshas in versus the order of writing the Parshas. So even though the Parshas should be written in the order that they appear in the Torah, which means Shema first, then Vahayaim Shamoa, but when they're placed in the Shal Rosh, they should be reversed, Vahayaim Shamoa, and then Shema. So Rabbeinu Tam agrees that there is a time when Shema comes first, which is during the writing process, because the writing follows the order of the Parshas as they appear in the Torah. But Rabbeinu Tam holds that when they're put into the Tefillin, the order is different, and Rashi holds that it's always the same order. So what follows is that according to Rabbeinu Tam, the Mechilta is teaching us the proper order within which to write the Parshas of the Tefillin. The Mechilta is not talking about how to put the Parshas in, it's talking about what order to write them in. So there is a special order to how the Parshas need to be written. They cannot be written however the Sofer wants and then organized afterwards, but they need to be written in a certain order, like 
like the tour holds. But according to Rashi, we do not need to say that the Mechilta is talking about the writing process. It could be that the Mechilta is talking about the order of the Parshas, how they should appear at the end of the whole process, but it doesn't matter which one is written first. So according to Rashi, there is no need to say that the writing has to be done in order, only that at the end of the whole process, the Parshas need to appear in their proper order. So that's like the view of the Ran, that the writing process can be out of order so long as afterwards it's in order. So now, unbelievably, says Rab Velvel, this could explain the view of the tour and the Sefer HaTruma, why they hold that the writing has to be done in order, because they're not sure whether the halacha of the order of the Parshas follows Rashi or Rabbeinu Tam. So since they're not totally in the Rashi group, they're concerned for Rabbeinu Tam's view, and as we just saw, according to Rabbeinu Tam, the Mechilta is saying that the writing process has to be in order. So that's why the tour and the Sefer Atruma hold that the writing has to be done in the proper order. So this would be an unbelievable lishitasam to connect the view of the tour and the Sefer Atruma regarding the debate between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam about the order of the Parshas with this issue of whether the writing has to be done in order. But Rab Velvel ends with a question, which is that the Shulchan Arach in Arachaim Simen Lamed Beis rules that the writing has to be done in the proper order, like the view of the tour, even though the Shulchan Arach rules like Rashi when it comes to the order of the tefillin. So the Shulchan Aruch is not on the fence between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. He's totally in the Rashi group and still he rules that the writing has to be done in order. So that breaks this Lishitasam because obviously according to the Shulchan Aruch, these are two different debates and the view of the tour is not connected with Rabbeinu Tam because then he would not rule like the tour. He would rule like the Ran. So the Shulchan Aruch breaks this amazing Lishitasam. But either way, obviously it's a very intriguing and interesting Interesting idea. So this is Rab Velvel's sprawling piece to explain the view of the Rambam, specifically why the mezuzah paragraphs have to be in order and the tefillin paragraphs do not. And Rab Velvel develops all sorts of key differences between the mezuzah and the tefillin, starting with the idea that the paragraphs of the tefillin are not connected to each other, whereas the two paragraphs of the mezuzah are considered one unit. And from there, he develops the idea that the writing of the mezuzah is a totally new mitzvah. It's not just replicating what's written in the Sefer Torah, whereas the writing of the tefillin is replicating the Sefer Torah, those four paragraphs, and putting them into the tefillin. So that's a remarkable idea. And that's the approach of the Rambam, whereas the Rav Yot disagrees and holds that the writing of the tefillin is also a new mitzvah. In addition, Rab Velvel factors in the fact that when it comes to tefillin, the paragraphs can be cut up and do not need to be all connected together, whereas the two paragraphs of the mezuzah need to be written together. And furthermore, the tefillin can be cut up and then the paragraphs can be reconnected, which would not work for mezuzah according to the Rambam. According to Tosvos, you can reconnect the two paragraphs of the mezuzah, but according to the Rambam, you cannot. So there's some very interesting distinctions between the tefillin and the mezuzah, both practically as well as conceptually. Now, in the Chidusha Agriz al-Hatorah in Dvarim Vav Ches, 
So Rab Velvel picks up on this point and he references this piece. The Torah describes tefillin as ukshartem, that you tie them on your hands. But regarding the mezuzah, it says uchsavtem, that you write them. So Rab Velvel wants to understand why are the tefillin described as tying and the mezuzah is described as writing. So Rab Velvel references this piece that there's a difference between the mezuzah and the tefillin. The mezuzah is a mitzvah to write the two parshas, and that's a new form of writing them different than the Torah. That's why they don't have to appear as they do in the Torah regarding the psuchos and the stumos. As opposed to the tefillin, the mitzvah is to rewrite what's in the Torah, including how it appears with psuchos and stumos. And also in terms of the tagin, the crowns, the mezuzah has its own system of tagin, the shatnez gats, whereas the Torah has a different system of tagin, and the tefillin mimics the Torah. So again, these are the two major points that Rab Velvel goes through in this piece to show that the point of the tefillin is to rewrite what appears in the Torah and put it in the tefillin, whereas the mezuzah is a new mitzvah to write it. So that explains the language of the Torah. When it comes to tefillin, the point is to write what appears in the Torah and then to tie it on your hands. So it's not a new mitzvah to write it. The main point of the mitzvah is to write what's in the Sefer Torah and to tie it. So the Torah describes it as ukshartem. But the mitzvah of mezuzah is a new mitzvah to write the mezuzah. So that's why the Torah emphasizes uchsavtem that the mitzvah of mezuzah includes writing because it's a new mitzvah different from writing in the Sefer Torah. So that's a very nice analysis why the Torah emphasizes uchsavtem when it comes to the mezuzah based on the ideas in this piece. Now it's also worth noting that Rab Velvel's close student, Rab Arya Leib Hamaranchek in the Amek Bracha in the first piece on mezuzah this is page 29 so he as he often does quotes having heard this same idea from Rab Velvel that the Rambam formulates the psuchos and stumos of the tefillin differently from the mezuzahs. That when it comes to the tefillin, we evaluate the parshas each on their own, not in relation to each other, whereas the mezuzah parshas are compared to each other, and the main halacha of stumos has to do with the space between them, not with each parsha independently. So this is the same point that Rab Velvel makes in this piece that the Emek Bracha had heard orally from his Rebbe. But what's interesting is that he then goes on to explain the reason for this difference in the total opposite way as Rab Velvel does in this piece. Now it's not clear in the Amek Bracha if this is his own explanation. So he heard the kernel of the idea from Rab Velvel but then he explained it in the opposite way from Rab Velvel. Or if this is all what he heard from Rab Velvel including the explanation. So that would be very interesting because it would indicate that at first Rab Velvel explained this in the total opposite way and then when he studied it further he changed his mind and explained it in the total opposite way from that. So it would be a change within Reb Velvel. But according to the Amek Bracha, the reason for this distinction is because the point of the mezuzah is to recreate what appears in the Torah. So the reason Vahaya has to be Stuma is because that's how it is in the Torah. But since Shema and Vahaya are not next to each other in the Torah, so if the person made a mistake and did it Psucha, that's also okay. Whereas the reason why the first three Parshas of the 
tefillin should be psuchos and the last one should be stumos is not because that's how they appear in the Torah, but because that's the special mitzvah of tefillin to write them in that way. So it's a special halacha regarding writing tefillin and that's why it doesn't matter that they don't appear next to each other in the Torah because even so, the special halacha of tefillin demands that they be written in that format. So if the person messed it up, it's not okay even bidiyeved. So that's how the Emek Bracha explains this. Again, totally the opposite from how Reb Velvel in Chidushim Aron Riz Halevi explains it. According to Reb Velvel, the mezuzah is a new mitzvah of writing and the tefillin are a recreation of what's in the Torah. Whereas according to the Emek Bracha, the mezuzah is a recreation of what's in the Torah and the tefillin are a new mitzvah of how to write it. So it's interesting to see that there are two totally different ways of explaining this, which both arrive at the same conclusion. Now, the benefit of Rab Velvel's analysis is that it explains a number of different points and it finds the same theme running through a few halachas, whereas the Megbracha only explains this one point. So Rab Velvel reinforces his approach by explaining a number of different halachas based on the same theme.